And welcome back to another edition of WeatherWise, powered here by the Weather Center of 47ABC WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik. This is for Wednesday, June 1st, and I'm here with... Meteorologist Sloan Haynes. And we want to thank you again for downloading and uh, checking us out here for the interesting conversations about the weather we like to get into each and every week. We're located, for those of you who are around the United States, around the world, we're located in the Delmarva Peninsula. Our studios here, 47 ABC WMDT out of Salisbury, Maryland. We serve the eastern shore of Maryland and Delaware. And uh, we like to, on this podcast, focus on weather events that happen here locally, but also we want to talk about um, also national weather events and some stuff going on around the world and anything that happens to be interesting during the week. And boy, we had an interesting Friday, would yes. you say? Yes, um, we had um, a front move through the area, brought us some um, severe thunderstorms. I believe um, we did have a few tornado warnings here on Delmarva, but it was really like two rounds of um, showers and storms that moved through the area, one earlier in the afternoon than one during those evening hours. Right, and we were talking about leading up here to the Memorial Day weekend, uh, what Sloan was mentioning with the two rounds of storms. We were tracking one in the mm -hmm. afternoon that actually fired off pretty early in the day. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was just after your noon news. Yeah, cast. it was about like 1.30, 2 o'clock right. is when we start to see stuff popping up on radar. Right, right. and. A little early in the day, usually we wait for peak heating, which uh, would provide the most mm -hmm. fuel for storms to develop, at least here on Delmarva. That's really kind of the uh, idea of we're expecting the highest wind damage reports or the biggest threat for tornadoes. But that doesn't always, uh, that's not always the case. Obviously, mm -hmm. certain weather scenarios call for different um, aspects where we can have severe weather at any time of the day. But you mentioned the one tornado warning mm -hmm. briefly out of Kent County, just mm -hmm. south of Dover. There were no damage reports, thankfully, with that, but that, that was a warning that I'm mm -hmm. sure pinged a few cell phones there mm -hmm. in the area. And then we had to uh, watch for a few areas with high wind gusts. I saw some mm -hmm. reports out of those, uh, but it was really just the heavy rain that came mm -hmm. through with the first round, right? Yes, it was. I remember I went home from work Friday afternoon. I was sitting there waiting, and all of a sudden, super dark yep. outside. About like maybe two rumbles of thunder is what I heard, but the rain was really impressive. I mean, just for like my apartment complex, we have those twig trees too. So you see them like bending over with the winds and everything, but it was quick for us here in Salisbury. But we did see though severe storms on the other side of the Bay Bridge where people were coming from right. to make their way over to the Eastern shore for their holiday weekend getaway. Yeah, and it's it's like the, the storms followed some of these people coming out. I talked to a few mm. people, they even said that too. Like, man, I thought we got away from the severe weather then we ended up getting it here well what ended up happening you had mentioned earlier Sloan there was that second round of storms mm -hmm. too which we'll touch on in a second that uh, came through in the evening it was a double dose of severe weather on the other side of the bay and this is important for us to always look at these storms because the evolution of what hits us here in Delmarva usually is somewhere in Virginia or central Maryland just on the uh, other side of the mountains or at the foothills of the mountains and we always watch to see how those storms evolve and you know they cross the bay which the cooler waters of the bay can sometimes limit the mm -hmm. severe storms as they cross over or at least allow them to diminish or force them to diminish. But in the case we were watching really closely, there were a couple severe storms that actually ended up producing tornadoes mm -hmm. in central Maryland. There were two tracks, one out of Montgomery County, the Olney area, which is near Rockville, and EFZ tor EF uh, Zero tornado touched down briefly. Uh, thankfully, no injuries or uh, any reports of that. And the same idea with a stronger tornado that impacted parts of um, St. Mary's and Charles counties. Even idea where that is is southeast of Washington, D.C. That was an EF-1 
tornado, so it was a little stronger, and that cut across uh, areas like Benedict over mm -hmm. to Charlotte Hall, for those familiar with that. And again, that was on the other side of the bay from where we are here in Delmarva. So we were tracking those storms mm -hmm. earlier in the day. We were concerned that they would yep. keep their severity when they crossed the bay, but for us, thankfully, again, this time of the year, the bay water is still cool enough that I think that they can really take away some of that fuel from the storms as they mm -hmm. cross over. It was really astonishing for us here on Delmarva to have those few severe thunderstorm warnings that we did have and even that tornado warning was we had a cloudy start to our Friday. So that limited the amount of heating we were going to be receiving throughout the day. And we also had a very foggy start on that Friday too. So that's really, you know, sunshine heating up fuel to a fire for these thunderstorms. So going off of just that, showing how these storms sort of kept their momentum as they made their way across the bay to us earlier in the day when we had those warnings pop up. Right. That's and you bring up a really good point, Sloan, too, that we start these days cloudy, severe mm -hmm. weather days when we're tracking storms. And it and it really does come down to how much sun we get mm -hmm. before the storms arrive. And we had just enough sun, I think, mm -hmm. right before they got yes. here. I was even I walked to outside yeah. and I said, oh, no. Here we go. And, <laughs> and it doesn't take much this time of the year. Um, no. Ulysses and I were talking about, I think, just after your show, him and I were texting. You're like, you know, it's still cloudy. This looks like this could be a bust. And as soon as we were talking mm -hmm. about that, like you were noticing the sun yeah. came out and uh, it takes just that little bit, mm -hmm. and you mentioned it's fuel for the fire, essentially, and I think a lot of people think, well, sunny, that's good, right? Yeah. But it adds heat to the atmosphere, and it's that instability with the heat that drives the storm, so mm -hmm. we noticed a little bit of it yeah. that day. Um, thankfully, though, as we talked about, the storms weren't too much of a problem. We had a mm -hmm. second round that did produce severe weather again in those areas that saw the tornadoes in central Maryland, northern Virginia. Uh, more, This is more of a central Virginia uh, event, but the, those storms came through very late Friday mm -hmm. evening, and for us, it was just a concern with heavy rain. I think there were a few high water spots, but they moved out. I guess the timing of the cold front, though, we had to deal with Friday. The timing couldn't have been any better for the mm. holiday weekend, right? Oh, it was a beautiful holiday weekend. I was telling Rich earlier that took advantage of that beautiful weather. Wasn't too warm, wasn't really that humid out there. We saw that sunshine, went up to Lewis, enjoying some time on the water, had dinner out there. It was beautiful. Then, of course, I had to go to Ocean City. I've never been to the Ocean City Beach before, so I was like a true tourist on oh, Sunday. Wow. But then <laughs> on Monday, I did work Memorial Day, so did Rich. But um, after work, I drove out to Assateague which is my favorite place on the eastern shore. I was able to see the horses, was able to enjoy some sunshine at the beach. The ocean temperature is still too cold for me this time of year, but... Well, I'll tell you what, you got the tour, right? From <laughs> I know. all the way down uh -huh. to Assateague. That's I did great. a little Delmarva, like, triangle. <laughs> right, right. And if anybody uh, wants to familiar, familiarize themselves with what Sloan did, um, get on a map and check that out. Lewis being at the top mm -hmm. of the, you know, the technical eastern yeah. shore of Delmarva. Um, before you get into Delaware Bay and you went all the way down to the uh, part of the peninsula mm -hmm. that includes Virginia. Mm -hmm. So that's, um, that's a great tour. Those are three distinctly different areas. And you mentioned all Ocean beautiful. City. Right. All beautiful in their own way. Right, right. Um, you mentioned Ocean City your first time too. Yes. That, probably the more touristy spot, but I mean, that that's a really yeah. fun place, right? Like I've never sat on the beach before there. Like I've always gone like out to dinner there. There's a few bookstores I like there, but then I said, you know what? We should just try it, do the real touristy thing this summer. And it was great. I loved it. Um, everybody there was so nice. But then I remembered why I loved Assateague just a little bit more because not as many people go to Assateague. Right. So I was like, I looked at my fiance and our morning producer, Jackie, who works here. And I looked at both of them and I said, okay, so after work tomorrow, we go to Assateague. Right. Good call. Good call. And you, you bring up a, a little bit of a point there too. It's like not as crowded. It's a mm -hmm. bit of a hike to get to Assateague. Um, 
And you know, it you talk about the wild horses, mm. stuff like that to, to see down there, very it's unique great. area. Right. But yes, yes. And of course, talking about the ocean temperature, which helps us segue into our next topic here, was that it's a little too chilly here for me personally. Water temperatures are like in the low 60s right now, but in the Pacific and even the Gulf of Mexico, conditions are favorable for tropical weather right now. And that's what we saw form last week, which was um, the first a name storm for the Eastern Pacific uh, tropical season, and that was Agatha. Agatha did become a hurricane, and it was uh, eventually made landfall along the coast of Oaxaca, Mexico, as a Category 2 hurricane. And I believe um, Noah had put out that this was the earliest um, Category 2, or one of the earliest, rather, Category 2 hurricanes to make landfall along the coast of Mexico there in recent years. But it did weaken shortly after, as it typically does once it makes landfall. So that's what we saw on Tuesday. We saw the remnants of Agatha form. Now that's really going to change what we're going to see over the next couple of days because Agatha, all those remnants, so no really tropical characteristics now. What Rich and I have been talking about over email is monitoring how a low pressure could form, which is going to be influenced by the remnants of Agatha in the Gulf of Mexico over the next couple of days. And regardless of formation or not, bringing a lot of moisture to um, the Gulf Coast of Florida. So bringing them some rain, some storms, and of course that tropical humidity we all know and love. Right, exactly. And I, <laughs> I mean, it's one of those, I mean, it, it, it has the feel that you mm. know you're in that beach time of the year when you get that tropical mm. feel. But yeah, it makes things that much more uncomfortable. And even if we don't get impacted by a storm or a remnant storm, that extra, uh, you know, conglomeration of the tropical moisture, the feed, if you will, off the Gulf of Mexico, that does in some part find its way up the coast and mm -hmm. influences our weather systems up mm -hmm. here. Of course. Which just means more rain and, and more uncomfortable yes. nights. And a few of the spaghetti models, I was looking at them a bit, are sort of showing this system going up the east coast a little bit, which could either bring us some moisture here, but also let's say this does develop in some sort of tropical depression or maybe even our first A-name tropical storm here, it could influence our rip current risk, our surf risk if it stays out at sea. So even though you know we're still over a week out probably until the system does impact us, we could see some impacts from it. That's right. And you know, really an interesting point you brought up, it could be our first A-name storm. There mm. was a lot of chatter about this on mm. Twitter I was looking at yesterday. Um, what happens to Agatha if it, it crosses over Mexico? And mm. again, we're, we're, you know, the podcast here is for a Wednesday, June 1st. So we're still looking at yeah. the remnant system at this point. Don't know exactly how this is going to pan out. But the idea was what would happen with Agatha if it crosses over Mexico into the Gulf of Mexico? Would it keep its name or would it change? And we, we changed uh, uh, the list of yes. names, right? That would be our first A-name storm in the Atlantic. So Agatha would become... Alex. Yes. And uh, it's just kind of an interesting scenario that, yes, the National Hurricane Center would rename that because it would be a tropical system in a different uh, mm. different area that they keep track of yes. it in the different parts of the world. They have different lists and names mm. for the storm. So more of a, a technical thing. Yes. It's, it's technically the same storm yes. system, but uh, it would be a different name. So that's kind of interesting yes. with that. If it stayed like Hurricane Agatha, Tropical Storm Agatha, as it made its way over, I believe they made this declaration in 2001, where it would keep that name. Right. It okay, would that's stay a good point. that. But if, since it's the remnants, it's not tropical anymore, it'll become Alex. Alex, right. So, so that's something to think about. And they also said this is a rare occurrence to have systems from the Pacific make their way into the Atlantic because it's normally the other way around that systems from the Gulf of Mexico 
head over towards right. the Pacific. And I mean, we see that every hurricane season. That's really not rare. Think of how many storms impact that part of Mexico that go across the Yucatan Peninsula, across the Bay of Campeche, and they all impact that part of Mexico and cross over and form and keep their strength. So that's just something to think about uh, with these systems that this is rare. This is why it's so controversial on weather Twitter, as we call it, right. because <laughs> A, meteorologists will have a good argument, That's and right. B, this doesn't happen that often. Right, and since you know all that was shaking out on mm -hmm. Twitter, you, you brought up a really good point that there you, we, we do have the rules for these uh, moments of engagement, and, and to reiterate what Sloan said too, it's in the scenario where the storm would weaken to the point where it was below tropical storm status, it would lose its name, gain the new name going over the Atlantic, mm -hmm. but if it kept its hurricane or tropical storm status, it would hold on to its original name. So that is the, the caveat right there. Mm -hmm. So that's some good, uh, good chatter there if you want that for a party or something, you wanna stump yes. somebody. So <laughs> there you go. But uh, yeah, a lot going on in the tropics for this part of the year mm -hmm. so early to talk about. And then something that's actually very normal, but still uh, a big deal when it happens is the severe weather that we track even going mm -hmm. into the final weeks of uh, spring and the summer, the severe weather season starts to really get going in the northern part of the United States, the northern plains, uh, specifically the Dakotas into Minnesota. In the past several days, we've been uh, looking at some monster supercell thunderstorms that have been tracked by some of the more professional storm chasers out there. So some beautiful photos mm -hmm. that have been showing up on Twitter and Facebook. Um, it's been really cool to see some of that, but man, I don't know if, uh, how much you've seen Sloan mm -hmm. of uh, Reed Timmer. You've probably heard of yes, him, the big yes. storm chaser out there. He's I do follow a, him on Twitter. Right, you've probably <laughs> seen this too. He, he puts out great content. Of course, mm -hmm. it's the do not try this at home. This guy is a- He's a true professional. Yes, yeah, and he takes a lot of risk there, but he's got the equipment and, and he has the safety protocols to be able to do this. And he's been doing it so long, he knows better than even some of the better storm chasers out there. But mm -hmm. they're running into hailstones that for some of these guys, and, and they've been chasing for 20, 30 years, some of them, some of the largest hailstones that they've ever seen, witnessed. And uh, Reed coined this term last year, they're called gorilla hailstones. When you get above, <laughs> and we like to measure hailstones in all sorts of different objects, but when you start getting above baseball size yes. hail, I think they start calling it gorilla, gorilla hail. And you look at it and it's, it's, it's just monster piece of ice that you, you could just see how damaging and dangerous it would be if that was to fall mm -hmm. on you, but also uh, you know on a lot of the uh, crops out there, the farmers, there's mm -hmm. no way to stop that from destroying the crops and obviously the buildings and stuff that sustain a lot of damage from that. Yes, so. very impressive. Um, I did see what you're talking about on Twitter, but again, we saw the hail that we had here, was it two weeks ago now, right. I believe? and it wasn't that large of hail and it caused a lot of damage at people's homes. Right. Now having that fall, that's a lot of damage right yeah, there. That would be um, hard to fathom exactly yes. how bad that could be. And thankfully for us, it, those type of hailstones are usually uh, pretty rare. What yes. we had in Dorchester County, which you're referring to a couple weeks ago, that in itself was rare, mm -hmm. but the type of uh, gorilla-sized hail that they track that, out That's there. reserved for like the plains, right. the Midwest, yep. stays and, out there. <laughs> and it's a good thing to remember too, we, we correlate hail with the, the potential for damaging winds and tornadoes. And the reason for that is the larger the hailstone, you have to figure for it to grow to that size. Hail is basically a piece of ice that, gets, that keeps getting pushed up into the top of the storm, collecting more raindrops, freezing, mm -hmm. coming back down. That cycle as it, as it continues, the larger the hailstone, you have to remember, the winds have to be strong enough to push that hailstone mm -hmm. back up into the storm to collect more water droplets to get bigger before it falls. So uh, the hailstone reaches the ground when it's reached its size or its weight. 
that counteracts the updraft. And mm -hmm. if you're talking about hailstones that are even golf ball size, you have to figure there's somewhere in that storm where the winds are strong enough to keep that mm -hmm. piece of hail, many like it, suspended in air. So when you're looking at hailstones that are baseball size, softball size, you have to imagine the strength of the wind yep. that that's, that's causing that. Yeah, very so impressive. It's, it's um, something that we always look at here with storm reports, if, and especially if something that you witness, um, you have to know that that could mean that the storm is uh, imminently producing a tornado or a very strong straight line wind mm. uh, event. So we always look at hail from that perspective too, not just because it's a giant piece mm -hmm. of ice falling um, that could be dangerous, but also because it is an ind indicator of how dangerous the storm could be. So a lot of severe weather going on. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about in the coming weeks here with the podcast. So we definitely like to kind of look at what's been going on around the country. But uh, here at home in Salisbury and Georgetown, uh, two main cities here in Delaware, or on uh, Delmarva, I, I should say, as we cover the Eastern Shore of Maryland and Delaware. Sloan here at 47 ABC WMDT. You have a special segment you like to do every Friday. You want to yes, talk about it? Yes, I do. I host our Foodie Friday segment. So I have my dream job. I get paid to eat, basically. Oh, that sounds good. When people ask me about it, I like to tell them I'm the Guy Fieri of the Eastern Shore. So some of them laugh. Like some that. of them don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but if you don't about. know That's who great. I'm talking about, he's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But I get to go out, try all these amazing restaurants, being amazing people. And we do have a new one airing this Friday, which is great for people who are, you know, traveling over here from across the bay. Maybe they want to check out somewhere new. And this is actually on the way. This place is in Secretary, Maryland, which is a super, super, super small town. Dorchester County sort of close by to where we saw that hail damage a couple weeks ago. Okay. But it's called Warwick River Cafe. Um, a woman owns it and her name is Jenny Worrell and she's a great cook, great home style cooking. She changes her menu every day so she'll keep you on her toes. I won't give away what we're trying, but all of it was very, very delicious. They're open for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And for those of you who live in Dorchester County, Sheriff Phillips, that's her father. So you can catch him there sometimes. He eats breakfast there every day. And that used to be the restaurant that he used to take her to breakfast for every morning before school. And when it went up on the market, she knew. That was it. Gotta have it. So she had to have it. That's really cool. Yes. So amazing food. We have all of them on our website, which of course is 47abc.com. I'm always open to recommendations, so you can send them my way. Um, you can send them via our weather email, which is weather at 47abc.com, and I'll be sure to reach out to those places. And you want to get, and also too, when that shows, when when will that air? So that airs Friday nights during our news hour, so around I say 6:15 at night. So you can always check them out there, and they're generally posted to the website right after. Okay, great, great. I'm already getting hungry thinking about this. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to visit that place maybe before it airs, but you know, <laughs> it's close by. I can mm -hmm. go more than once. But that's a great check. That out, Sloan's Foodie Friday. You can again go to WMDT.com to uh, check out some maybe yep. some past ones yes. on there. So I have a few in the beach towns too if you're heading over there, so check them out. Nice, that's good stuff. Definitely check that out. And another thing that, that we sometimes show, uh, not only at WMDT.com, but also on Good Morning Delmarva. Yes, so Ulysses, as you all know, is like our weather information guru. I don't know how he remembers all of this stuff, but he's like an encyclopedia in his brain of all of these different types of weather events and weather folklores. And he puts all of this into a segment called Weather Tidbits that airs on two Tuesday and Thursday mornings on Good Morning Delmarva airs during the six o'clock hour typically and they're just short little like weather educational segments great for people of all ages we have kids who love them we have grandparents who love to watch them if you miss Tuesdays on lightning and how it forms and the different types of lightning there's another one coming up tomorrow on Good Morning Delmarva so make sure you watch it they're, and they're on our website too yes they are and they're great to take a look at too because mm -hmm. I think that um, they 
it's one of those things we can record a forecast and it, you know, it, it goes out of style mm. essentially. It's not relevant anymore after a little bit, but these are great that we have on our website because Ulysses talks about um, things that happen with the weather that can be applied at different times mm -hmm. of the year and you can keep going back and checking them out. We call them evergreens and yep. they're certainly very helpful to have on the site there yes. for anybody who's a weather enthusiast or wants to learn a little yes. more about what's going on. He has some great ones. Today is the start of hurricane season for the Atlantic, so he has some great ones relating to hurricane preparedness and um, why storms are named the way they are and more information like that. Yeah, you can check those out at WMDT.com. Go to our weather section and all the weather tidbits will be located there that we were just talking about. And you can just scroll mm -hmm. through and check out some really interesting stuff from meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. And uh, I also wanted to throw this out before we wrap up our edition of uh, the podcast here, the latest edition. Um, email questions for those of you out there listening from Delmarva, from anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world, doesn't matter if you have a weather question, you want to talk about a weather event, anything you want to ask myself, Sloan, Ulysses. Um, anything interesting you want to pass along from a weather event in your community, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always email us at 40, weather at 47abc.com. There you go. Check us out. Uh, hop on our website too. You can find that email and uh, any link to get in touch with any of us here out of the Weather Center at 47ABC WMDT. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up yep. for us here for this. That's it. For this latest edition of WeatherWise, we want to thank you for joining us and. Uh, try to do this every week so mm -hmm. we'll be back with another edition next week of uh, some important information to pass along a roundup of the week's weather and any major weather that's going on across the area and of course we'd love to hear from you so uh, please reach out and thanks for listening to another edition of WeatherWise from 47ABC WMDT.